0: Right, and my name is Alex Villardi. I'm the campus pastor of the Navarre campus pastor, and we're so excited to have you guys here. Pastor Tim is actually in Nashville, Tennessee. He is uh, celebrating with his grandmother. She's turning 90 years old, so uh, man, aren't you glad that that our pastor values that, family? That's huge. That's important. So next week, he'll be here next week for a Paradise Series, and you don't want to miss that. He's going to be on fire. Uh, But today I get to share a little bit with you, and I'm just so glad to be here with you guys. You guys doing okay? Everybody doing all right? Awesome. Good deal. I want to begin by um, asking you kind of a weird question. Okay, is that all right? I'm going to ask you anyway, so uh, here it is. Do you know, do you have a friend or a family, do you know anybody who is a nerd? Does anybody, do you know anybody, I want you to raise your hand real quick, do you know, do you have any friends... a a row right here, a bunch of people saying, yeah, we we have a bunch of friends that are in there. All right, let's get a little bit more personal, all right? How many of you would in here today, you would say, Pastor Alex, and I'll I'll be the first to raise my hand, all right? How many of you would say, actually, I am a little bit of a nerd myself? How many of you would raise your hand? Man, you guys give all these nerds a hand. Good job. (laughs) Listen... um, I want to begin by showing you some pictures of, of some famous nerds, all right? Let's see if you know who these are, all right? So let's go ahead and show the first one. Do you know who this guy is? What's his name? Yeah. Steve what? Yeah, man. I, and he was in a show. What was it called? Family Matters. Yeah, I love this guy. He was so funny, man. It was incredible. Um, pretty clean show, and it was pretty incredible. All right, a couple more. How about this This next couple of guys? This, has anybody seen that movie? Raise your hand. What's it, what was the name of it? Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. And the infamous, what was his f- friend's name? Pedro. Yeah. Love that. Love that. I had, a, I had a student when I was a student pastor in Atlanta uh, that watched this movie 27 times. Can you believe that? I mean, I don't know who does that. All right. A couple more. How about these guys over here? Does anybody watch this show? <laughs> Woo! I love this show. Man, you guys are excited today. I like you guys. And the last one and this one is probably one of the most famous nerds of all nerds. What's his name? Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said be nice to nerds. Chances are you'll have you'll end up working for one. So I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. Hey, listen, the reason why I begin like this is because you know, our culture Categorizes people all the time. And you're used to that. We sometimes we do it, right? We uh, depending on who you are, we'll put you in a certain category, and um, sometimes you'll end up in a good one, you know, and you're like, Man, I want to be like that guy. But there's other times when it's like we categorize people and we say, Man, that that guy or that girl, they're a loser. They're a loser, you know, and we categorize them because of what they do, what they say. And in fact, the title of our message today is A God of Losers, a God of losers. See, our God is not bound or tied up to our cultural ways of thinking. And so for the sake of the message today, when I say that word loser, I'm talking about someone who has lost all hope, who's lost their hope. Maybe they, they've lost their passion in Christ uh, or in life. Maybe they've lost their passion. Maybe they've lost their self-worth. And there's times... For all of us, I think where we, when we go through moments, when we hit those lows and we're like, man, God, you know, right now I just, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. I feel like I'm free falling and there's nobody to catch me. And so today we're talking about a God of losers, a God who loves people regardless of where they're at in life. For you, maybe maybe, you be, maybe you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Alex, yeah, there's been a time in my life when, when I lost my self-worth. Maybe it was somebody, something that they said, or maybe something, you know, what my parents did, or maybe what a co you know. Or it could have been that label, you know. Sometimes people put a label in you, and you believe that label. Maybe you believe the lie of the enemy. And what I want to do today is I want to do the very best job I can do to remind you of what your God says, what he says about you how he loves you and what he in fact I want to do more than that I want to I want to bring you back to a place and I want you to almost taste what he says and what he says you are like like I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant and uh you had an awesome meal or you had a really good dessert and it's like you remember the place you remember exactly what it tasted like you remember exactly where you were but that was not good enough you wanted to go back there and you wanted to taste that Steak again, or you wanted to taste that dessert again? That's sort of what I want to do today. I want to, I want you to go back. I want you to taste what God says about you. Like Pastor Tim, he was uh he took a couple of the guys uh, to a place, All Americans heroes Sub. Have you heard of that place in Navarre? Anybody? All American man. They have. If you're ever in Navarre, they have the best subs I've ever had. I mean, so much so that yesterday, I'm with Andrew, and it was like 1 o'clock, and we're like, man, I'm hungry. You're hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm going to take you to the best place. And we ended up going over there. They have this um, cheesecake, and they put like a, like a um, it's like a, some sort of spicy strawberry drizzle on it. And it's just amazing. You've, you've got to try it. So, so for me, it wasn't, you know, I love the place. I've been thinking about it for a while, but that wasn't good enough. I wanted to go back, and I wanted to taste that. And that's what I would like for you guys to do today. I don't just want to remind you of what God says about you. I want you to taste it this morning. Uh, Maybe you're here and you say, you know, Pastor Alex, I've lost my hope. I feel like, man, just maybe you're single and you're like, God, how much longer? I've been waiting for you and I've been faithful. How much longer do I have to go through this? It hurts. Maybe you have a business and you're working. I mean, like crazy, 24-7. And it, and it's like, God, everything I'm doing, and it's just things are not clicking. What should I do, Lord? And it after a while, you get tired, right? After a while, it could be a relationship. It could be someone who hurt you or somebody who betrayed you. What do you do? What do you do when you go through those periods of life, when you just hit those lows? Maybe you've lost your passion in life. Maybe you've lost, I don't know, your hope, your self-worth, Um what do you do in those moments? If you have your Bibles, I would like you to turn to First Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. And um, you know the really cool thing about God's word is that He gives us clear instructions, a simple plan of action. If you're ever in discourage, if you're ever going through a period of your life, a time of your life when you're like, "Man, I don't know what to do," I hope you go back to these verses. And, and you would go back and taste what God says about you. So what do we do? What do we do when we feel like we are um, just a loser? You know, we're broken, we're hurt, we're desperate. Well, this is what God tells you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, God says, Take a good look, friends. Now, it's almost like God is saying, I want you to check this out, all right? I want you to pay attention. Take Take a, a really good look. At who you were when you got called into this life. In other words, God is saying, I want you to take a look at who you were, okay, before you step over the line of faith. I want you to take a a real good look at, at the person that you were when I called you, when I picked you, when I chose you. I want you to notice who you were, okay? And he says, I don't see many of the brightest and best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. And you're probably thinking, man, great, God, thanks. I appreciate it, you know. Um, But this is what God is saying, right? He's saying, look, I did not pick you because you were, like, influential or you were wealthy or you were, like, on top of the world. No, 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 no. I mean, some of you, yeah, because he says not many, right? Some of you, I'm sure you were there, man. Some of you were great. Maybe you were wealthy, maybe, but not many of you. In other words, he's saying, I I picked you regardless. And it says there in um, the end, it says, not many from high society families. Uh, A different translation says, not many were of noble birth. In other words, your lineage did not come from royalty. Now watch this next verse. This is incredible. He says, isn't it obvious that God, and what's that next word? Deliberately. I love this because it wasn't like coincidence. It wasn't like God said, Oh, I'm gonna pick you, and I'm gonna pick you, and you and you, and you, and you're gonna be my disciples, and you're gonna do, you know, you're gonna be on this mission for, for me. Or, no, no, no. It says, it says, I it says, isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Now, watch this. God chose these what? Nobodies. I, li- I like it that it's in quotes, right? I mean, the, the, the culture, may, they may give you this label, right? But it doesn't matter. I can use anybody. God chose these nobodies to expose the hollow intentions, pretensions, excuse me, of the somebodies. Here's the first truth that I like to remind you of. To, uh, I want you to go back and taste. The power within Comes from Him. Can we all say it together? The power within comes from Him. Ready? One, two, three. The power within comes from Him. It's not your looks. It's not your talents. It's not what you can do. It's not your abilities or your capabilities. It is the power that lives in you. Okay, that makes a difference. And I, and I love I love where it says you know where God says I chose those of you who were nobodies, you know, to expose. The somebody's—it's um, almost like God is saying, Look, "I love you, regardless of what the culture says. I love you, regardless of of what your boss says about you. I love you, regardless of what your friends label you as, or or what your enemies are saying, or what those people are whispering about you. I love you, regardless of—and I chose you." Not many of you wear like this or like that, you know, but I, I love you. I, I was watching a show a while back i think it was about 5 years ago and um it was um britain's got talent have you ever seen it britain's got talent like american idol and I, this lady comes on and her name is susan boyle and i i she just came on and you know it wasn't it didn't really take me about like 2 seconds to say man what a loser you know that she's never going to be an idol you know and i mean she, back in the day i think she was turning 38 or something she was not really in great shape she was unemployed And just her personality. I just before she even sang, and I just just looked at her and said, "Man, she's never gonna make it." And actually, we're gonna show you a video here in a minute. But I want you to see the expression of the people from the crowd. All right, I want you to see what they how they judge her before they even get a chance to see her. Okay, so maybe you've seen the video before. That's all good. I want you to focus on the expressions, the facial expressions of the people. Okay, so can we do we have that? Can we show it? What's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. OK. Uh, Susan, uh, where are you from? I am from Blackburn, near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. It's a sort of collection of... It's a collection of... Uh, villages. I have to think there. And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. Okay. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, what's the dream? I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? I've never been given the chance before, but here's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. What are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserables. Okay. (laughs) Big song. (laughs) Yeah? Yes. All right, uh, thank you very much, uh, Susan Pears. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on this show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, "I, I want to be like a lame page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning, an incredible performance. I'm reeling from shock about you two that I am so thrilled because I know that everybody was against you (laughs) I honestly think that we were all being very cynical and I think that's the biggest wake-up call ever And I just want to say that it was a complete privilege listening to that it was (laughs) in I knew the minute you walked out (laughs) Oh Simon on that stage <laughs> that we were gonna hear something <laughs> extraordinary and I was right. <laughs> Not a lot of touch. Susan, you are a little tiger, aren't you? No, I don't know about that. You I are don't know about that. Okay, moment of truth. Here's yes or no. The biggest yes I have ever given anybody. Yes. Amanda? Yes, definitely. That's brilliant. Susan Boyle, you can go back to the village with your head held high. It's three S's. Man, I love that. You know, it's just watching that just... Um, reminds me of how quickly we are and to judge people right, and I was you know I was right there watching, and I said, Pfft, Not a chance, uh, but what do we do? What do we do when when people in our lives, people that sometimes we even love they say they look at you and they say, Not a chance, not a chance what do, what do we do when When uh, people, you know, maybe they don't say those words exactly like that, but maybe by the the way they behave towards you or maybe what they do or something, they look, they get, you know, the looks that they give you, you know, they're communicating that. What do we do? What do we do when the enemy tells you not a chance, not a chance? There's no way that you will be this person or you'll do this or you're capable of doing that. We remember that the power within comes from from him the power that's in you it's not about your looks it's not about your abilities it's not about in fact the bible says when you're weak he is strong you know uh, i love what god says in his word um about you and i because a lot of times we listen to to people more and the truth is that our self-worth is damaged More because of what we think of others than because of what we hear God telling us. So let me just kind of um, uh, read a couple of verses from um, a few things that God thinks about you. Okay, so here it is. 2 Corinthians 5.17. God says that you are a new creation. If you've given your life to Christ, you are a brand new creation. Colossians 2.13, he says, you are totally forgiven. Think about that for a minute. You don't have to live a life of shame. I don't care what you've done. God says to you and to me, he says, you know what? You are completely forgiven. I love that. Man, that's just enough for this morning, for all of us. I mean, we could have come here and I could have said, you know what? Today, regardless of what you're going through, you have been forgiven. I love it. Matthew 10, he says, you're a great, of great value and worth. He says, you're a unique Treasure. John 1 12, he says, You're a child of the king. Colossians 2 10. I, I had never seen this one until this I was um, getting ready for 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 this uh, for the message. Colossians 2.10, God says, You are perfect and complete. That's what the King of all kings, the God of the universe, says about you. You are perfect and complete in Christ. Hebrews 13, 5, you're never alone, never forsaken. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you're being transformed. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The Bible says that you have power to go in His name. The the Bible says that we have power to rest in Christ. So your self-worth comes from Him. Your self-worth comes from Him. The power within comes from Him. Here's a second truth that I learned from these verses as I was studying. Um, and this is more of an action step. This is if you are actually, or maybe next time, maybe you're doing fine right now, uh, but there will be that day when you just hit that those lows, right? We all go through them. Um, I want you to, this is almost like a, an action step for all of us. Next time you find yourself we're like, man, I've lost hope, or I feel like, I don't know, I've just lost my passion in life. I want you to remember this. By faith, proclaim God's power. Can we all say it together? By faith, proclaim God's power. You know, a lot of times you're, you're thinking, man, how, you know, how am I going to do that when I'm down and I'm discouraged? Well, by faith, you just push through it and say, God, you are an incredible God. You're so loving, and this is what you are. And, and when you do that, something happens in your heart. It's almost like it, it, it activates something in your heart. When you speak out loud those words, you're going through a tough time, and you're in the middle of a storm, and you say, you know what? You are bigger than this. I've seen you do it before, and I believe you can do it again. Something changes. Uh, I love the story of um, there was a couple of boys. Uh, they were twin brothers who um, uh, they were seven-year-olds, and they were total opposites one of them was always super super negative. I mean no matter what you would do, it was like, man, life's horrible. Life stings. I just you know I don't and tomorrow's gonna be a bad day and then the next day is going to be worse than that. And and then the other boy was always excited. I mean everything was like life is great. I love it. You know, I love you seven years old and I can't wait to be eight and it's just like and the parents are like, all right, what are we gonna do about this? You know, they're twin boys, um, you know we need, to do, figure out, we need to figure something out to bring them up to the same, to level them out. And so they, they sat down, and they, they talked about it for a couple of hours, and they came up with a plan. They said, this is what we're going to do. For the boy that's, that's always excited, we're going to, because their, uh, their eighth birthday was coming up, So said, for the boy that's always excited, what we're going to do is, we're going to fill up his room with horse manure, all right, from wall to wall, from floor to ceiling, we're going to fill it up with horse manure and we're going to try to bring him down just a little bit. And and for the other boy that's always negative and is always complaining, what we're going to do with him is we're going to buy him as many toys as we can, some of the greatest and best toys. And we're going to fill up his room with a bunch of toys. So they thought hopefully that will kind of, you know, balance him out, level him out a little bit, all right? And, um... So the day came when it was her 8th birthday and uh, they let each one of the boy, boys go into their rooms you know the one that was always negative went into the room that with the toys and the one that was uh, always positive went into the one with the, the horse manure and so they go they go and they them they let them be for you know they let them be by themselves for like 10 15 minutes and so eventually they come and they go into the boy's room that um that was always uh always negative and they open the door and they look at him, and he's crying. Oh, Mom, Dad, I can't believe that you got all of these toys for me. And what's so, such a waste, and man, all that money that you must have spent on, on these toys. And, you know, we could have taken the money, and we could have given it away. And I was playing with that toy, and, and it already broke. And the parents are like, what in the world? What are we going to do with this boy? They couldn't, you know, there's like. So they leave his room. They go to the other boy that's always excited. They opened open his door, and for the, like the first five, 10 seconds, they, they couldn't find him. They know where he was. And all of a sudden, he comes down from a pile of horse manure, just sliding down. And you're like, Yes, this is the best. This is awesome. Thank you, Mom and Dad. And the parents are like, What? What's going on? Thank you so much. You're the best. It's like, why, why are you, what's going on? Why are you so happy? And says, man, mom, dad, with all of this horse manure, I'm sure there's got to be a pony somewhere around here. (laughs) With all this, you know, I say that to say this. It's all in your attitude. So you may be going through the worst storm in your life, but you praise him. You give him thanks. You declare his power and his faithfulness. And you watch what it does to your heart sometimes even if you don't feel like it and you do it your heart all of a sudden begins to change it acts it's almost like when you're um when you put something in the microwave what do you have to hit the star button right when you when you dial a number and you're making a phone call you hit the send button you activate something in your heart and david is a, a great example of this um the bible actually um I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, there is actually a guy, his name, um, in, actually in Mark chapter 1, a guy who had leprosy. And we'll get to David here in a minute. But um, there's a guy who had leprosy in the Bible. It's a great example of this. He, um, in, in that culture, if you had leprosy, you, had to, you were basically kicked out from your home, from your village. You were an outcast. And this guy, of course, I mean, talk about somebody losing all hope, right? This guy, um, he had been kicked out. He was an outcast. He um, he couldn't talk to his family. He couldn't talk to his friends. Um, also, whenever uh, whenever people found out that you had leprosy, because of the, that culture believed that, that this disease was would spread very rapidly, they would make you burn all of your earthly possessions. Okay, so anything you own, they would burn it up. Okay, before they kick you out. Okay, or as they were kicking you out. And so um, this man also, if you, by the way, if you were a leper, you know, if you had leprosy and people got close to you, you were supposed to yell, unclean, unclean. So just put yourself in this man's situation, all right, for just a moment. Talk about losing all hope, right? And so Jesus meets this guy, and he says something that, that I thought, man, this is great. He says, he says, if you are willing, you can clean me, you can... You can heal me. Now I love when he says that because he, it doesn't, He doesn't look at Jesus and he does not say, "If you are able, you can cleanse me, or you can heal me." No, no. He's he says, "If you are willing, because I know for I mean I know for a fact that you are powerful enough to heal me." And so this man who is totally hope, hopeless looks at Jesus and says. You can do it. I've seen you do it before. I've seen how you, you work things, you work things out that I don't understand, I don't comprehend, but I've seen, I've seen what you've, you're capable of doing. Next time you're discouraged, tell God, man, and it'll activate something in your heart. David is a great example of this. Um, so David is on the run. It had been about 16, 17 years, and he was running from, uh, from King Saul. And he was in the middle of nowhere, and David prays to God. I mean, his enemies are coming, he's losing hope, and he says this, Psalm 71, verse 4, he says, Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. He's, he's spent, okay? And David writes down his prayer, and uh, in Psalm 71, verse 14, he says, this is what he says. He's struggling, losing hope. His enemies are right, right around the corner. He says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. In other words, the worse a storm hits, the more I'm going to praise you. The harder it gets, the more I'm going I'm to speak, I'm going to proclaim your, your, uh, your name and your greatness. I will praise you more and more, he says. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds of your saving acts all day long though i may not know how to relate to them all in other words god i don't know how all of the miracles i mean i, I don't know all the details i don't i'm not really sure how you work things out but i am going to worship you i'm going to declare your goodness regardless of what i'm going through and i love this he says i will come and proclaim your mighty acts sovereign lord i will proclaim your righteous deeds Yours and yours alone alone, I love that when you do that, when you proclaim by faith, you proclaim his name, it's almost like injecting a shot of adrenaline to your faith. it just boots boosts your faith, it just does something that's just um it's it's un it's unbelievable so number one we're gonna whenever we're we feel like we're discouraged, whenever we feel like man i'm I feel like I'm at the end of my rope, we're gonna remember the power within. Comes from Him. Let's say that again. The power within comes from Two, we're going to remember that by faith, we need to proclaim God's power. By faith, we're going to proclaim God's power. And the last one, I'll close with this one, is this. And this is, I think this is the one that God sort of gave, uh, spoke to me the strongest this week, I guess. Um, And it's this. Your failures, let's put it up, your failures... Cannot defeat the greatness of his love for you. Let me say that again. Your failures, okay? I want you to think for a moment of what that, that one thing you're not proud about. That one thing that just keeps getting to you and it's just like, oh God. I just whatever it is. Your failures cannot defeat the greatness of his love for you. You know, you can throw in a, another word. Instead of failures, you can say your weaknesses. You can say your insecurities. You can say your, maybe there's a sin in your life. You know, there's some sins in my life that I'm like, God, I just cannot get rid of this thing. I just, somehow i always end up there. I hope that you would remember today. I hope that you can taste what God says about you. Your failure cannot defeat the greatness of His love for you. There was a man who had been fighting for his country. And um, he comes home. And uh, he actually flies into San Francisco. And he calls his parents. He said, I am home. Mom, Dad, I'm home. I'm here. I'm on my way. And, um, man, they're super excited. They can't wait to... um, to talk to him, to see him, to give him a hug. And uh, he says to them, he says, Mom, Dad, there's a friend of mine who I would like f- for him to come live with us. And they said, Oh, not a problem. Man, we'd love to have him. No, 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 hold, hold on just a minute before you say anything. My friend actually, he stepped on a, on a landmine and he lost his leg, he lost his arm. And I want him to come live with us. And then it almost changed things a little bit, you know. And the dad said, oh, son, I don't know. Not, that's tough dealing with someone like the, with that kind of disability. I'm not really sure. If we, and then the mom said, well, son, you know, maybe we can find him a place. Maybe we can, you know, figure out what to do with him. But I'm, I'm just not sure that we can handle that. We're getting old, you know, we just want to live our lives. And, you know, the son actually hung up the phone. And about three days later, they get a call, the parents get a call from the San Francisco Police Department and say, "You know what? We have a man who just he fell from a building, and uh, we need you to come and recognize the body." They, they flew into San Francisco, they showed him, showed them, um, And to their horror, it was. it was their son. But that day, they learned something they didn't know. They learned that it was their son who didn't have an arm and a leg. He was missing his arm and his leg. And when the son was talking about a friend, he was actually really talking about himself. So I'm going to ask all of you, if you just for a moment, bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, man, I feel like that guy. Like, I don't even know if God loves me. I'm I, You know, I don't know if my spouse loves me. I don't know if my kids love me. I don't know if you have some doubts. Maybe you're feeling the pressure. I believe God is telling you today, just come home. Just come home. Your messy life is not an inconvenience to me. I can handle the mess. You know, I'm big enough. I can handle it. Maybe what God is telling you today is this, you know, your failures, your insecurities, your flaws, your weaknesses, whatever, they cannot defeat the greatness of His love for you. You know, if you think about it, Jesus said it about 2,000 years ago, He said it to you and to I. We shouldn't be, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, right, when we go through difficult uh, moments in life. He said, look, this world, in this world, you'll You'll have trouble. It's going to happen. It's, this world is messy. It's, I mean, there's chaos. You know, there's stress. There's sin. There is, you know, from Adam and Eve. It's been a mess. There's death. There's all of this. Brokenness. You should know. It's, in this world, you will face trouble. But you know what? I've overcome the world. I'm bigger than all of this. I'm bigger than your mess. So why don't you just come home? With heads bowed, nice clothes, man. I just want to challenge you. If you're here today and you feel like that soldier, you feel like, man, you're broken, you feel like you're lonely, you feel like you're at the end of the rope. Why don't you give your life to him? Why don't you say, Okay, Lord, it's been a while, but it's time. I'm gonna I'm gonna step over the line of faith. Man, go I guarantee you what God, what God is saying to you this morning is like, look, I don't care. If you're broken, I don't care if you feel lonely I don't care if you feel hopeless I don't care if you've lost your passion I don't care if, you, if you're addicted to some destructive behaviors I don't care, just come home I'm bigger than your mess your mess is not an inconvenience for me so maybe God is nudging your heart today maybe God is um, saying just come home it's okay, it's been a long time if that's you here this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to um, step over the line of faith. To say yes to your, your maker, your creator. So in a moment, we're going to say a prayer. The prayer doesn't save you. The prayer is just, it's just, um, it's really, what God looks at is the attitude of your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, that's what we're going to say the prayer. And then it says, "And believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord; you will be saved. It's a matter of your heart. That's all. So we're going to say a prayer, and then we're, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. If you if this is the first time that you're taking that step of faith, we're going to cheer for you. We're not going to we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to ask you to come over here and tell your story. None of that. We just want to give you a Bible. We believe it's your it's your birthday. If you're making that decision today for the first time." If you're saying yes to God, if you're stepping over the line of faith, this is you. So would you pray this? If you can hear God nudging in your heart, if you can just say, okay, this is it. It's been a while. It's time. Come home. I'm not like those parents. I'm bigger and better. I'm greater. Much greater. There's nothing that I cannot handle. So would you pray this? Let's all pray at church. To encourage those who've never prayed it before. Let's all pray this prayer together. Dear God. Let's all say it nice and loud. Dear God. Thank you that you're not a God of losers. Thank you that I have life in you. Thank you that you have died for me. Thank you that I'm not an inconvenience to you. Father, today I give you my life. And the best way I know how, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. And today you're alive. And because of that, I am alive. I'm giving you my life. In Jesus' name.